Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. Welcome to Playing in Traffic, where we smoke weed and we bust up the colts. <laughs> Can I say a quick side note? I found my um, Halloween costume yeah. at, the, um, at the Goodwill, and it's like it's like a costume that I get to make, so I have like a, you know, a face mask and like a, a, a cape and everything, and I said I want to be a colt buster, so you have to help me come up with some ideas <laughs> of like, you know, the, like the cult killer, Tony, the cult killer, something like that. <laughs> okay, anyway, today. Now I'm distracted. I'm now so I'm sorry. Distracted. We'll go back to it. We'll go back to that. Okay. <laughs> okay, brainstorm. If you guys have any ideas of, of my, um, my, you know, I'm excited about dressing up because we didn't get to do that. So yes, Chris is with us today in our interview. Chris is a very special guest because he is a survivor of what I like to call our cult cousin, our Korean cult cousin, the group Shincheonji. So he's a survivor of the Shincheonji Church of Jesus, which also originated in South Korea in around 1984 and is very similar to the Wimscog. And along the path, the path of um, meeting people along the way, we met Chris and his story is so interesting and um, so we're very appreciative that you uh, that you agreed to come on and speak with us and share your uh, very inspiring story. Thanks, and thank you for having me on. Uh, it's just you know, as one would expect it to be, it's been a weird story oh, and a weird journey along the way. But um, I guess like a little bit of a spoiler alert. Looking up World Mission Society, Church of God, and honestly doing comparison between our different Korean cults or Korean Jesuses, as we like to joke around, that was one of the many key ingredients that helped me wake up. And um, I also have like an interview on Great Light Studios where I talk about that as well. It was actually Kelsey's testimony, if not her testimony, at least like comments that she made throughout videos, that when we, when I actually stopped and thought about it, I sincerely thought that she was talking about SEJ or Shinchenji. If you just replace a few words and you got the same call. So yeah, so thank you for having me on. Thank you. Yeah. I remember when Tony started learning about your about that group and the other and the other ones in South Korea, she was like, it's almost identical. So I know that for some people to hear the similarities, to hear what what your process sound of, of what you went through um, is going to be hopefully helpful to for people to hear. Yeah. So I guess like um you know in case some of your viewers didn't like hear my story or whatever I think uh, what I was thinking of doing first is let's go ahead I'll explain how I got involved with SEJ, 
um, how eventually I left. And then kind of some of the research that I've been doing and, you know, whether it's me reaching out or, you know, just reading things about cults and kind of what I've shared and share with you guys some really useful websites and information that I hope to bring more attention to. I just want people to make an informed decision. And so if they do run into this group, at least they will know like, okay, well, this group isn't being honest about what they actually believe or how or their leaders or where they got their doctrines and et cetera. So Perfect. just things like that. I also want to take some time to compare them, like very specific things I want to ask you about, because I really want to paint a picture of what it is like inside and, you know, the things that attract us to it and things like that. So I'm very excited. So can you share your story with us? How did you, how did you, can we call this group SCJ for now, just so that it's like we call Wimscog? I've been practicing how to say it all week and I just, keep messing. I was like, I'm just, okay, we'll call it SCJ. SCJ. Yep. SCJ or New Heaven, New Earth is what it is. Um, okay, so what happened with me was in 2018, I met a girl uh, on a dating app and we went on a few dates and the first few months of this dates, no red flags. I noticed that she's pretty busy, but I like to keep myself busy as well. I'm really social, outgoing, and I'm, I've always been doing my own thing. So for me, that was actually kind of a good thing that she had her own life. I had my own life. We we're both independently happy. To me, that's one of the uh, many key ingredients of a healthy relationship is being okay with yourself and loving yourself. So 2018 of August, she invites me to a Bible study. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, you know what? Uh, what's the worst that can happen? I was more like agnostic, but I was very open to Christianity. So I was like, sure, okay, let's go ahead and do it. So uh, the way that she phrased it to me was that she had a friend from Los Angeles who invited her to join a Bible study, and she wanted me to, to join as well. And so we, uh, we met a teacher at one of the malls in the greater Seattle area. And uh, so it was just me, a teacher, and my then-girlfriend. And so from August of 2018 to October 2018, we began doing basic Bible, you know, we call it uh, Bible basics or BB. At the time, I would ask them like, okay, hey, what's the name of the seminary or any, you know, like, can you give me anything? Either the teacher would give me like a front group name or would just brush aside my question. And of course, that's a red flag. But at that time, it, it was through my girlfriend. I'm not going to call my girlfriend a liar. Like, <laughs> I'm, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be open. I'm sure there's nothing wrong with this. And what they taught at first, it wasn't really anything out of the ordinary. A common theme on a side note that I've seen with Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, SEJ, Royal Mission Society, is that what they normally do is they lure you in with basic Christian theology that it wouldn't, you know, like an average person would take. It's digestible. It's not scary. It's not radical. Exactly. And actually with some of my ex-Mormon friends talked about that, how they don't talk about the magic underwear until later on, until you join the temple and do all that stuff. So I was like, all right, sure. So uh, in October 2018, the teacher, uh, what he said was he was teaching a class and he wanted me to join, me and my then girlfriend. Yeah, sure. I have nothing better to do. Let's go ahead and do it. So we joined this class. It's in an unmarked building. That's second red flag. Unmarked building, it's kind of like more in a, a warehouse type of vibe. And I'm just like, what is going on? I remember texting my girlfriend being like, okay, what is going on? This is kind of weird. 
And she is just like, you know what? Let's just give it a shot. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Red flags all over the place. But me being naive, I was like, you know, I'm just going to put my guard down. It's my girlfriend. Honestly, that was how they suckered me in. Um, yeah. Um, when you say red flags, you see the red flags now. But when you yeah. were in it, you didn't see those red flags go around you. It wasn't that bad because, you know, um, the way that the teacher would also describe it was like, hey, um, we're not really affiliated with any churches. We've had run-ins, you know, we, we don't want to. They had a reason. Like yeah, they, they could explain everything. Right. Yeah. And it was and like, OK, like, hey, well, that makes sense. Why would they lie to me? Yeah, why would they lie to me? And they're just like, hey, you know, ha we're just trying to help you improve your faith. And for me personally, I was kind of at the time church hopping a little bit because I was kind of frustrated. I wanted to get a little bit more in depth with the Bible theologically. And to me, this is almost like an answered prayer. So I joined this class and it is a year long class. So from October 2018 to 2019 of October. They don't tell you how long it is, but for me, I'm just kind of curious and I kind of go along with it because it's a new way of looking at the Bible. And I thought to myself, all right, well, hey, what's the worst that can happen was the big common theme here. Halfway through this class, my girlfriend, we break up. She steps down from the class and I still continue on with it because, you know, I kind of want to see it through. I have this uh, thing where I, I get very obsessed about topics. I love learning. I... I mean, I take college classes for fun, you know, I pay for them and stuff like that. That's just my personality. And I love knowing things as thorough as I can. So I want to finish this guy through. And so when October 2019 rolls around, that's when things start to get really dark. Uh, so what they do is uh, an event called the Passover. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on, Tony. I'm sorry. I have a quick question. Is this a, I don't know if this is a good time to ask. When you talk about the classes, so these were six-month classes. So would this... Would this be like a class you go to once a week? Yeah, so um, that Bible Basics was once a week for about an hour. That was when it was me, my then-girlfriend, and the teacher. And then it gets transitioned to twice a week for three hours, so a two-hour lecture, and then you have like a one-hour review. And then what they do, too, in this class is that they also throw out you tests. And so you're studying with these guys. So there's a third – oftentimes what would happen is you would meet with your small group teacher – for a third time just to study with um you know with the, the class members so slowly but surely more and more of my time was consumed by this group and i wasn't even aware so that's like another thing that i know the world mission society does as well it's like they slowly start to add up you know more and more of your life is consumed and you don't even realize it right perfect thank you i was just curious about that okay so then Absolutely. In 2019, there's something called Passover. So tell me about right. that. I'm really curious about that. So Passover for us is basically when you graduate into the cult. And that's when um, after Revelation, so around Revelation 21 or 22, um, they reveal who they are. And most importantly, they reveal that half the people in the class are spies. So what they do is throughout the entire duration from the first meeting in BB to the end, they pair you with what they call a LEAF. And a LEAF is a current member of SEJ who's pretending to be a first-time student. And so that LEAF will report anything that you say that might cause you spiritual doubt. So, and it also means that half the people in the class knew my ex-girlfriend, and half the people in my class lied to me for an entire year. 
about her. And that also meant my ex-girlfriend, my entire relationship with her, she was lying to me. So you can imagine how much that hurt. Yeah. So did she leave the church half, at six months in or she was a leaf or she was already in it and pretending to be new with you? She was already in it and okay. pretending not to be in it to get me in it. Oh, and then she left but continued and you guys broke up but she continued on with the church? Yeah, so she was already a part of the church before she started the BB okay. class, it turns okay. out. It was very, it hurt and it definitely pierced me in a very dark way. So... When they did that revelation of who they were and the spying, of course it hurt. And you can imagine, like, the betrayal of trust, as I say. And how do they reveal that? How do they reveal that to you? So what they do is by the time you're ready to pass over, you have to sign their book of life, you know, give them information. And then on their book of life, um, you'll notice about half the people in the class aren't signing it. It's like, oh, why is that? And that's when they reveal to you. So what they did with me is that they uh so after the two-hour lecture there is a one-hour review and that one-hour review you're, you're broken into smaller groups right so in that small group they pulled me to the side and met with me one-on-one with my with the other leafs and told me what happened and there's an interesting thing of psychology called the ash conformity test where this is the perfect example of an application Ash conformity where basically the minority will conform to the majority over time. Because if you look at psychologically through tribalism back in our ancestral days, you had a higher chance of survival in a group than he did individually. So those who stuck around with the group, you know, they developed these psychological things like cognitive dissonance or conformity in order to stay relevant. And SEJ did a perfect example of just such an experiment. It's definitely a perfect example of Andunfa influence. And Stephen Hassan has written about SEJ through the bite model as well. Wow. So when you so when they pull you aside and they reveal it to you, in that moment were you like, did you understand their explanation? Were you just like, okay, I understand? Or were you just immediately mad? I was overwhelmed because in that moment, that was when I realized that my now ex-girlfriend was a part of this group, and I just felt really hurt and betrayed. However, I thought at the time that this is where God is, this is where Jesus is, and if I were to leave this group, I have no chance of redemption. At that point, did you already learn about um, Lee Man He? Is that his name? If I recall right. It was like maybe a few lectures before they revealed, hey, this is from South Korea. This is Lee Man-hee. But for my time at SCJ, they didn't reveal until more like the end. And the end meaning like when they go through Revelation and their version of their fulfillment. Even though he's the one in charge of the whole thing. It's yep. so crazy. Um, yep. So would you, did you guys have a baptism or was Passover kind of like your baptism? Yeah, so we believe in a spiritual baptism. Okay. And spiritual baptism is like, spiritually coming alive is having the open word so to give you a quick rundown uh yeah. the open word means revelation and we're able to explain it verse by verse mm-hmm. so you know how in world mission society you guys obsess about the passover yeah we obsess about revelation so okay. replace open word with passover <laughs> for world mission society same thing it's like the same yeah. fervency and everything too so like how you guys have to keep the passover we need to know revelation and be sealed with it and know it verse by verse 
Wow. And uh, so the tests that they throw at you, I, I think World Mission does something similar. I'm not sure. But the tests that they throw at you, if you don't score above a 90%, you can get thrown out, for example. Thrown out, like kicked out of the whole church. Yeah. Which means you're going to hell. Yeah. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> and uh, there was one point in my journey where every other week there was like a new test being thrown at you. And like. What kind of test? Went... Is it like a written test, like from school? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a written test from school. Wow. And uh, so what they would do is Lily Man, he would write us articles and then the test would be based upon the articles that he wrote. And, you know, were so they yeah. hard? Um, hmm, I enjoy studying. So I actually, in a weird sense, I kind of liked it. But just the amount of pressure, man, that like, okay, if I mess this up, I'm kind of screwed. Were they testing you more on like the memorization of the words or like your, what, I, I guess this is more of a philosophical question of the group. Did, was Revelations taken as like the literal interpretation of what's being said? Or does every, like the Wimscog, does everything have like a parable feel to exactly. it? Exactly. Everything has a parable. And actually, that's where SCJ and World Mission Society really have a lot of similarities. Okay. I like to call it the parable dictionary. Okay. Okay. And actually, both parable dictionaries of SCJ and World Mission Society contradict each other. Ooh. Yeah, and we can get more into that. Like, um, and that's why I, when I learn more about World Mission Society and learn more about their teachings, I mean, yeah, we don't believe in a mother god, but we do believe in a new John. And so, you know, you replace a few things, and yeah, if you go into nuances, yes, of course they're different. But really, the way that they approach the Bible and how they read into the text and not let history or context or original language really speak for itself it's basically the same thing it's absolutely mind-numbingly crazy so <laughs> you can imagine when i was doing research about cj when i ran across your group i just couldn't believe what i was reading right so were you still in when you learned about wimscog or were you i was still in yeah it was a build-up okay so i joined in 2019 let me go ahead and recap they reveal okay hey by the way your ex-girlfriend's here you got it they call it overcoming you have to suck it up basically because what I did was when I joined, they assigned you to a group, a group cell. And I remember going to leadership at that time as I joined. Hey, my ex-girlfriend's here for a small branch, like maybe 50 people at the time. This really hurts. Like, is there any way that maybe we could clear the air? And leadership basically told me to suck it up. They didn't want to get in between me and my ex. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, it hurt. And I... So on a subconscious level, I just didn't trust them. And even though I was fully indoctrinated, I tried to reason by myself, oh, it must be me. It's like, why can't I trust them? Now that I'm out of it, it's obvious. They lied to me for an entire year. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, of course you can't trust them, you know? So then were you in this so then were you stuck in the same, you know, small little branch with her then? Small branch with her, yes. Thankfully yeah. not the same group. But, you okay. know, it's like we were meeting in person at the time, too. Right. So it was, oh, it was super awkward. And I remember grieving a lot, you know, for good reason. And the other part that was really unfortunate was not being able to explain to my friends or my family what was actually going on. Because, you know, they would strongly encourage me, like, uh, to protect the kingdom of heaven, we had to keep it a secret. We had to lie. Actually, lying's a big thing with SEJ. They call it wisdom or wisdom of hiding. And they justify it by looking at, okay, well, look at Rahab the spy. Look at Jacob the deceiver. And they quote 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 20 to 22, which says, to a Jew, I become like a Jew. 
Yeah. Oh my god, I'm getting so mad because the the Wimscog would do the same exact thing. Okay, yep. it's oh, so yeah. interesting. That's why I was really um mm-hmm. excited to talk to you because for also like for me personally, this is just so you know mind boggling. Wimscog have wisdom of hiding, or was it called something different? It was like like you have to have discernment. They would call it having discernment, having wisdom, you know, what you can tell to certain people at certain times, you know, they, they would never call lying, but that's what it is. Yeah, so what SCJ did to redefine lying was that if you add, they call it a spiritual lie, and if you add and subtract to God's word, Revelation chapter, I think, what, what 22 verses 18 to 19, that's a lie that God will not forgive you on type of thing, you know, or that's a natural lie that counts. Anything else is fear game, as long as you're doing it for the kingdom of heaven. And oh so, I mean, gosh. okay. So the thing is, and just to quickly counter that from a more theological point of view, okay, so Moses was a murderer, and yet he received God's blessing. And um, David was an adulterer. He received God's blessing. Does that mean that we can lie or we can do those things? And they also had spiritual, um, you know, spiritual adultery, which was uh, listening to other pastors outside of SEJ, and spiritual murder, which was bringing people out of this group. So does that mean we can commit adultery and murder? Of course not. So their justification for lying doesn't hold up. And um, you don't need to be you don't need to be a Greek scholar or a scholar in general to know that in First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty to twenty-two that Paul is saying, okay, we can lie. Because right. if you just read the, like literally just uh, 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse two specifically says, okay, we don't do any of that. We don't do any of those shameful things. Right. Because, you know, we're supposed to be a light of the world. And even Jesus says in the Beatitudes, let your yes be yes and your no mean no. Otherwise right. it's from the evil one. Like, Isn't yeah. it so interesting that two groups took the same Bible and made two totally different doctrines, but... Mm-hmm so similar that right. is what is so fascinating using the same right. bible did lee man he write other works that you guys have because like on sung hong has a whole bunch of books that were written yeah so um with lee man he he um he did write some books and uh, we have actually have access to some of the books from like the 1980s and there are a lot of fulfillment updates so uh, that happened updates yeah yeah of course you know because and this is actually significant because what Lee Man He teaches is that he ate the open scroll. Now let me explain what that means. It means that he saw and heard all the events of Revelation, the physical fulfillment, and he's able to teach it verse by verse. So when he needs to update uh, the fulfillment doctrine, it clearly shows that, okay, no, that's not true. And we can go more into that after my story too, because that's yeah. also an important topic. Right. Like he should have yeah. just got it right the first time and that would be it. Done, yeah. done, and done. Yeah. <laughs> we don't so, need an updated. Okay. Back to yeah. your story. So back to my story. So I talked about the leadership, how I didn't really trust them because they lied to me for an entire year, but I really tried to trust them. Um, so it's October, 2019 to about February, 2020. I was an active member. I was at the group at the church or the temples, what we call it, you know, seven days a week. I was getting a little no sleep. I was a fervent member. I was recruiting left and right because some of the qualifications that you have to bear fruit in order to remain saved, you know, that should sound familiar, right? You had to pass the test, which is meaning you have sealed and you need to have we um to be sealed, meaning like you know their doctrines, or we need to have enough olive oil in our jars, meaning the word of testimony in order to be saved. That should sound familiar too. And then we need to have righteous actions, meaning we need to be an active church member. 
Yeah, so all this should sound very, very, very similar to YouTube. <laughs> what about tithing? How was tithing handled there? Uh, so we were decentralized. So it depends on which part of the world you're at. In uh, certain parts of like South Africa and Europe, for example, tithing was required. For the part that I was in that, no, it wasn't. But, okay. you know, there's a lot of guilt and shame if you didn't. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, um, so up until 2020 in February, we were active nonstop going and going and going. I got sick many times. I actually lost weight. People at my work were telling me, Chris, you lost weight. And I'm a skinny guy. So I think around 2020, I was at like close to 120 pounds, if not less. And uh, people were afraid because I'm about six foot. So February is an interesting month because in South Korea, there is a super spreader COVID event, patient 31. And guess which group? caused a super spreader event, SCJ. It was on purpose. We weren't trying to do it on purpose. It was an accident. But even then, you know, like we already have a reputation of infiltrating churches, lying and doing all these very shady activities. And then now here we are spreading COVID on accident. The public of Korea or, you know, South Koreans, they, they weren't too fond of that to say the least. That we caused an entire nation to shut down. So everything after that shifted to online. Beforehand, it used to be that, like, nope, if you're sick, you had to go in, you had to overcome. And then as soon as we got, we accidentally spread COVID, oh, no, we care about your physical health. Please make sure to take care of yourself, things like that. What is, um, does Korea have a bad image of Shincheonji in general? Oh, absolutely. How about before, before the COVID spread? Did yeah. they already have a bad image? Yeah, they had a really bad image because yeah. um, what SCJ does, and it's actually happened in Austin, Texas as well, is that they would actually infiltrate a church, and then they would try to recruit people by inviting them to their Bible studies. Right, I've heard of that. I saw that on Great Light Studio. So like, mm-hmm. um, so like they would infiltrate a regular Christian church and then try to get those Christian members to come to SCJ Bible studies. Yeah. So yeah. in Austin, Texas, actually, what happened is that there's a guy, Pastor Rusty who um, this person from uh, one of the Texas branches, I think it's, she was from Houston, we're not sure. Um, what this person did is that she infiltrated leadership and built a relationship with the church for a year and then started inviting the leadership to the Bible studies without revealing who they were. So uh, she got um, the woman's ministry leader into SEJ. And then the second iteration of these Bible studies, there she started inviting the other elders of this church. One of the elders is very sim, uh, familiar with the Jehovah Witnesses, so he's just like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is almost identical to the Jehovah Witnesses. Like, what is going on?" And that's when the whole thing unraveled. And thankfully, Pastor Rusty was willing to speak out on that too. Wow! 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 They're so sneaky. Yeah, of course. Like generally speaking, the public they don't trust them, and I don't right. think SCJ really understands like. Because of their long history of using deception and lying, I mean, what did you guys expect? So yeah, so everything went online, and we were only meeting twice a week instead of seven days a week. So that's February 2020 to like, you know, and definitely almost until for the rest of the year. And at that time for me, it wasn't that bad. You know, like I was actually getting normal amount of sleep. Ironically, when COVID started kicking off, I actually had a more semi-normal life again. I actually got to see, like I was actually living with roommates. I actually got to spend time with them. And I actually got to just breathe and not feel exhausted and going and going and going all the time. Um, 
And so uh, actually there's, I have a video testimony which I'll send to you guys when I was in this group talking about how great SEJ was and all that too. And now I made that video during that um, time period where, you know, maybe two tops three times a week, we would meet up and do our thing. So Chris made a, I would call it a propaganda video to praise <laughs> the Shinchenji church. And you made this while you were in the church. You made this, as you explained, when it was sort of like a normal time, you know, you didn't feel a lot of pressures of the church. When you saw the propaganda from the Wimskog compared to the Shinchenji, were you shocked? Because I was shocked. It was so yeah. similar. And Dude. sort of hearing your voice on that video, it's it's so surprising. Yeah, it was. Um, so two things. WMSCOG, I've actually interacted with some of the current members who are you know the internet poison team is what suj calls it i'm not sure what you guys call them i guess the keyboard warriors whatever i i remember just being like i kind of want to play the is this world mission society or is this suj i can't tell the difference half the time until they start talking about like mother god but they quote matthew 13 and secrets of king of heaven need to understand prophecy and fulfillment and then uh you know revelation and stuff like that too one of my counters to um I just started like listing some of the SCJ parable dictionary verses against a WMS member and they were in shock. I could definitely tell they weren't like used to that. So yeah, and the comments and the way that they approach it, it's identical. And some some of like the, you know, some of the shots that they take like these beautiful angles of, I don't know. I don't know. It's just very, it's just very interesting. Yeah. If anybody wants to see it, it'll be on our show notes of this. There's this whole propaganda video. Yeah. Which, um, I, okay. So we weren't allowed to Google things either. It was the internet's the tree of knowledge, good and evil. That should sound very familiar. Um, you know, I was pretty happy. I was doing my thing. I kind of, I was really, I started becoming more active, taking up more roles and responsibilities and I didn't mind it. I mean, it's COVID. I had nothing better to do. Um, so around December of 2020, I start dating another member. You know, so what happened was uh, me and her, we were assigned to do some postcards and kind of or help organize a blood drive. And, uh, you know, she always caught my eye. I always thought that she, she was kind of cute. So we just started talking to each other. And uh, this is one of the rare moments where we actually got to meet in person again to do the blood drive. So, you know, I asked her to get dinner with me and the date went really great. Uh, so out of joy, I told my group assistant leader and my group leader about it. And I guess, uh, yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> um, my group assistant leader gave me an hour long lesson of why it's better for me to remain single, quoting 1 Corinthians 7. And, uh, you know, he kept repeating that. Ironically, at the time he was engaged. And then my group leader, who's a married man, gave me a long laundry list of everything that could go wrong. And then at the end said, oh, if it works out, I'll be very happy. And I'm like, wait, you just told me a long laundry list of what could be wrong. And then I had a nice call with the region leader. The region leader told me um, I had six months to marry and I can't meet my the girl I was dating in person because of COVID. So contrast that to how they told me to suck it up about my, you know, my ex-girlfriend who got me in. And I'm just like, wait, and he even brought up the region leader being like, hold on a second, you told me to suck it up here and you didn't want to get in between me and my ex. So why are you trying to get in between me and the, you know, and the other one? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, what's the big deal? And uh, basically what the region leader told me, it's 
because Lee Man He said so. She, the original lyric couldn't give me any biblical reason why. Hold on. Does that mean that Lee Man He actually heard your case in the court of law no. and said, absolutely not. Chris could not date her. He must marry her. He must no. really have nothing better to do. Do you think yeah. that it's more about the control of having control over your life? It was like, and I kept telling the region leader, the point of dating for me is to determine whether or not I'm compatible enough with this person. And if we are, I'll marry her. And if we're not, okay. You know, it hurts, but it is what it is. And uh, it was purely control. Absolutely. It, I'm assuming because you're, it's obsessed with revelations. Is there this looming doomsday? Are you thinking the world's coming to an end soon? It's a mentality of like, okay, so eventually there'll be an event called the first resurrection where we will become immortal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's better for us to wait till then. I mean, there are people who get married in the group, but they throw a lot of rules at you. And so what often happens is that people date in secret. And they keep on the down low, and then they announce, like, uh, that group assistant leader, for example, he actually had a secret girlfriend for over a year at that point. And um, so that's why I was kind of like, hey, what, like, what? <laughs> like, hold up, do you not see the irony here? And do you not realize that you guys lying to me about my ex-girlfriend for a year, would this would really strike a chord with me? Like... I was, you know, I was trying my best to let it go, but everything else, I actually didn't mind studying the Bible and stuff like that. So that was when I kind of kicked off the six months of, so from January 2020, when they were really pushing that down my throat. And in January 2020, we started doing things seven days a week again. It's just, it was even worse because it was on Zoom. So, you know, I'll go to work, I do my thing, and then I'll be straight being lying to my room to do the Zoom stuff. So I didn't have a social life, and it consumed me yet again. And you can see like how isolated and lonely I was. And then on top of that, here's this group telling me, okay, you have six months until marriage. Tick tock, tick tock. Now, I'm not sure if they would have enforced it or not, but for me, that was just a red line where I was like, I'm not okay with this. Dude, it's like, I just want to date her. Why do I have to marry her? Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Why don't they allow them, allow dating? It just is like, mm -hmm. marry it's a distraction and they might talk to each other and they might be like, hey, this is kind of whack. Let's get out of here. Yeah, Same shit much. happened yep. in the Wimstog. Yep. Same exact thing. You were never yep. allowed to date. If somebody was dating, we'd have hours long meetings, shaming them, telling them why they can't date. And that if they did want to date, they'd have to marry. It's exactly the same thing. <laughs> and I mean, my big thing was just like, hey, just let the relationship, like their excuses were the following. Um... Don't date around, you know, like be serious about your dating, which, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But the unnecessary pressure of the six month rule, and then I'm already doing this seven days a week. Uh, it's just how dare I be a human and, <laughs> and want to date someone who's in, you know, she was a part of the same group, you know, like the same uh, church and everything in the Seattle branch. I, the excuses they gave me, I still, I, I try my best to really understand where they're coming from and give them the benefit of doubt, but I just logically I can't. <laughs> yeah, I think it's impossible. So then what happened? So did you guys date secretly? What happened? Yeah, we started dating. I didn't care. 
Um, yeah. So I was, you know, like uh, she was already struggling with faith. At that time, I was pretty much rock solid. Like this is the truth, all that stuff. Too. Oh, that's why they, that's why they did it. Because if they knew that she was struggling, they didn't want her teaming up with someone who was rock solid, I bet. I guess like, you know, and later on, um, funny enough, actually more messed up stories is that I actually had calls with the leadership and they told me to report on her. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, I already was on the receiving end of that. I'm not going right. to And do now that. they want you to become, quote, unquote, the leaf. Is that what it would be? Basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, of course, she was already a part of the group, right? She already went through oh, the right. class. Oh, right. So she already she knew that you were in there. Me. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, she graduated the class after me because we would uh, get people in in batches through classes, right? And, I, you know, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that to my own girlfriend. That's, like, that's the best way to set up for, like, you know, betrayal. You know, like, no, absolutely not. Um, so they Good for like you. That. Good for you. Oh, yeah. Good boyfriend. Did you ever have to go back, like, right after you graduated? Then did you have to go pretend to be a new member? Yep. That happened yeah. almost immediately. Like, we had a class, like, next week. And mind you, I remember um, the day that I graduated in, we had a little celebration, Passover. They love bomb you. You know, the one guy kind of put it well. They rip off the Band-Aid of, by the way, we're SCJ and we lied to you for a year. They love bomb you. And then they push you into like, they're like, all right, hey, they have a newcomer's training, but they pushed us into like another group and another class. And, you know, I thought to myself, oh, I'm doing this because of my own cause. But really, now when I'm looking back on it with all the undue influence and manipulation, I can't really say for certain it was me, you know? Right. Um, so that was the day that you found out the name of the group that you were in. You didn't find it out until Passover. that Passover time when you it's signed like the book. It's like a week before Passover, but yeah, wow. within the same timeline. Wow. And wow. I remember um, it was that Passover day. It was, uh, it was a Sunday. And then we had like a center, we call it center class, like either the next Monday or the following, like a week or two later. And then we were in a BB setting where I was pretending to be a leaf. After a whole year of being indoctrinated by the class, yeah. That's when he passed over. And uh, then I became a leaf in a BB class. And one of the people who I was talking to, she went to me and pretended not to know me and said, hi, my name is blank. Nice to meet you. And I remember, mind you, this is after like seeing my ex-girlfriend for the first time in six months, having this strange whole thing happen. And I remember I almost had a breakdown at that point. I started laughing hysterically because I just couldn't believe what was going on. I actually, you know, there are a few moments in my life where, you know, where I snapped. And that was one of those moments. And even just like thinking about it now, it's, uh, I've been out for over a year now. It's just, it's just so surreal thinking about this and talking about this, you know? So 2021, the first six months of that year were just me starting to kind of Google, you know, eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, I, no I started noticing some discrepancies. Uh, one of the smaller ones, which isn't as big of a deal, is that uh, and they used to teach that there were two wars in Revelation. They updated to three, and then they backtracked down to like basically two and a half. Another big discrepancy, actually, which I noticed is the following. Okay, so like I said earlier, let me go ahead and set up the premise here. Lehman, he says that he saw and heard all the events of Revelation. He can testify to all the fulfillment. He saw the entire thing, right? And um, Revelation 7, the way that we interpret it, we actually have 12 tribes. On a high level, we sort the world into 12 different regions, and each region is a tribe. So for Seattle, it was John tribe. What was supposed to happen 
was first there were supposed to be 12,000 sealed members per tribe, which then make up the 144,000. And then after this, after the sealing of the 12 tribes, the Great Tribulation was supposed to begin. What happened in reality is that the Great Tribulation, which was COVID-19, happened first. Seven of the 12 tribes did not even have the full, uh, fully 12,000 sealed through tests, and one of the tribes didn't even have 12,000 members to begin with. That's a failed prophecy. So did Lee Manhe actually write this down years and years ago that, you know, that COVID-19 would be the tribulation or? He didn't even say that. And actually, at the beginning of 2020, I remember him saying, like, okay, I, I want to do all these things. He was actually supposed to um, fly out to Los Angeles. He uh, he even was talking about how he wanted to help reunify the Korean Peninsula. So there's really no indication to see that 2020 was supposed to be a bad year. <laughs> so after it happened, that's when they said, oh, that was a great tribulation? Is that what yep. happened? So after it happened, after it began using Lehman He's own words. And uh, there's actually a really helpful website examining the sej.com. Goes into detail about this. Uh, using Lehman He's own words. Yeah, like uh, that's when that's when it was all revealed. So, okay, do, did he, did this all happen after he got in trouble with the government for the COVID spread? Okay, yeah. so it got so hyped up and then he was like, look at this. This is a big deal, but it wouldn't have been such a big deal probably had they have not gotten into the trouble that they got into. Yeah, okay. and funny enough, uh, other things that are also important to point out, the Great Tribulation originally wasn't supposed to affect SEJ. That's what they used to teach. It was only, it was only supposed to affect the churches of the world, uh, a.k.a. Babylon. The great whore, you know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's exactly like World Mission Society. Um, so, and they're just like, oh, no, just kidding. It now affects the entire world. And we also have that in writing. Um, there's a great guy, SCJ Skeptic, on his Revelation 7 video. He, using Lee Man He's own book, quotes, quotes it and actually shows how Revelation 7 was a failed prophecy. And they're trying to cover up. They're now trying to like kind of make this weird claim of like, oh, well, there's now an arbitrary 144,000 that were sealed. And that triggered the Great Tribulation. But if you just read the flow of Revelation 7 for itself, it's pretty clear. Revelation 7, 1 through 8, sealing of the 12 tribes. And then after this, Great Tribulation. It reminds me so much of Wimscog doing the whole 2012 prophecy, and then it didn't come true. And then they try to make up all these excuses, and then they blame us and said, it's your fault. You're not ready for Father's coming. Right. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. So then, so that was it for you, huh? So then did you, were you um, like, I'm out of here, or did it take some time? Oh, it took more time than that. I mean, yeah, I was so indoctrinated, yeah. you know? And on top of that, yeah. there's that fear of like, yeah. okay, if I leave, I go to hell, right? Right. So, and are um, you doing? As girls, girl? so not right now. Now, okay. so what <laughs> happened? Uh, you know, it, not right now. But like, um, I'm sure they're gonna be like, oh, see, you should have done the six months marriage thing. I'm just gonna say this too. I am glad that instead, um, I took my time to get to know her first, and then we both agreed. Okay, hey, we're no longer, you know. Yeah. Together. Can you imagine if you would have just married her? I mean, that's like a really big decision. And then if you guys didn't get along, six months is not enough time, especially if you can't even hit, see her. Yeah. 
You guys, does the church do the organized, um, like arranged marriages, like the Wimscock, or is it more of the meddling, the like? It's more you like should... just the meddling and stuff, like and all that. So we don't. I mean, I think uh, Lori in, in one of his testimony videos, he actually did try to get him to marry a woman that he didn't know, and he was just like, no. <laughs> but for me, I was a lay member. Um, now nah, they didn't try to do that, thankfully. Because yeah, I would have absolutely been like pushing back on that even harder, honestly. So after a lot of research, it turns out also another big thing is that Lehman, he claims that he received this this the open scroll or the fulfillment revelation from an angel on behalf of God and Jesus. Oh, one more thing I want to kind of point out too. We do not believe that Lehman, he is Jesus. We do not believe that Jesus is God. Um, we are, we're, we believe that Jesus is a created being and that he is a messenger or prophet on behalf of God. And Lee Man, he is a messenger or promised pastor slash prophet on behalf of God and Jesus. That's another thing to kind of point out. I know you guys worship Mother God. We indirectly worship Lee Man He because anything that he says is like right. words from God and Jesus. Higher than the Bible. Prophet. He um is he standing on the mountain eating the little scroll? Basically. Yeah, from Revelation, yeah. right? That's the one yep, where he's Revelation standing 10. there eating yep. the scroll. I always thought that was such a weird thing. Yeah. a weird visual but anyway okay so 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 then how did you finally like how did you finally get out yeah so finally uh after reading all this information reading on lee manahee's past he was involved with olive tree tabernacle temple box recreation sect this is all on the examining the scj website right now which didn't exist before so i had to like really dig through academic paper i remember the moment when i realized that it was all lies probably around in july and it felt like uh, shackles or you know, shells fell from my eyes. And it was a three-week process. The first week was me realizing, oh, well, this is all a lie. So I started reaching out to my family, uh, my mom and dad. I told them what happened. And I, the, they were very supportive and uh, my close friends who I trusted. Uh, thankfully, my roommates, they were always kind of putting pebbles in my shoes, being like, hey, Chris, you're spending a lot of time with this group what's going on. So my trusted roommates, I told, they're very supportive. Uh, the second week was me finding a therapist or a psychiatrist because <laughs> I knew that the landing was not going to be fun. And also I did a lot of research on other ex-members of different groups like the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. So I knew what to expect psychologically. And when I did leave, everything was kind of like, okay, this is what I expect. And then the third week was trying to pull up, you know, I mean, we're no longer together, but I still cared about her. So I tried, you know, like, how do I get my then girlfriend out? And she was really like, honestly, her body was out the door at that point. Like, I, I really didn't have to do it. Um, so all I had to do was show her a few verses about lying, how false prophets act. So Matthew uh, chapter 7, verses, what, 15 to 24 or 23, talks about a wolf in sheep's clothing. And Second Peter chapter two talks about how they'll secretly introduce their disruptive heresies, secretly lying deception. Every single verse that talks about a false prophet in the mm -hmm. New Testament, SCJ matched. Failed prophecies, lying deception. And yeah, so through that, I was actually surprisingly easy to just like you know she honestly didn't need my help. <laughs> she was wow. ready to help. She was mentally That's great, it, though. Uh, That's great that you guys had each other, you know, kind of supportive and then kind of come out together. Exactly. Um, and so when we left, what I did was I just disappeared. 
I no longer logged in. I changed my phone number and I was like, all right, see ya. And um, that was it. You mentioned your family being supportive. Um, did you have to be really secretive with them? Like when you joined, did they know that you were, did they think that you were like in a, just a normal regular Bible study group or did they know what you were involved in while you were in it? Yeah, so they didn't know all the details at all. I just said, yeah, I'm in this Bible study seminary thing. They would, uh, I actually invited my parents to one of the uh, intro events. And all my dad did was like ask for the name. And we didn't have a name at the time. And he just asked for like, okay, what do you guys believe? They didn't give him anything. And he's just like, Chris, this is kind of weird. And that's all he said. And they dropped it. So I'm trying to understand like the first full year, are they like, if you study until the end, we're going to reveal the name of it? Or are they just no. kind of like kicking the can down the line and they're just never telling you what group it is? Kicking the can down the line and uh, they might like give you like, a front group name, but they also kind of make an emphasis. Like one of their first early parables is like how the devil in the four fields trying to snatch away your seed. So they do a lot of fear and indoctrination into you saying like, hey, watch out. The devil's going to try to get you away from this group. Be careful. You know, I know World Mission Society does the same thing too. Yep, we um, have that parable too. Yep. <laughs> Are we sure we're part of different groups, guys? I like... know. I know. <laughs> I want to throw some things at you. Did the SCJ eat a lot of Korean barbecue? Um, not officially, but we did have a lot of good Korean food. So after Sunday service, we had like the women's ministry that would cook us food. Okay. And uh, I had like an adopted Korean mom basically at that point, and she would. Man, they make some good food. They um, make some good food. And then would you guys eat together kind of like family style? Basically, yeah. And that was like a really joyful time. Everybody would kind of yeah. spend together. Yeah, there's silver linings in this group. Like some of the silver linings were the community. It's just that like I hated how I always had to pretend to be something, especially when I was like talking to outsiders about it or I was sitting in on a spy. And just all the lying tormented me, man. That was the part that I just couldn't stand. It's like it, you always have to control what you're saying, who you're mm -hmm. saying it to, who's ready yeah. to hear. You're suppressing your true self and your true identity. Yeah. And that's something that Stephen yeah. Hassan and the Bite Model really goes into detail. Yeah. Um, it sounds like it would have been harder for them to do this, but were there living quarters? Like, did people live in the church like the Wimscog did? Or I can't imagine how they would do that. So there were times where, like, some of the full-time workers would actually have, like, a payroll from the church. But it was, like, maybe, for example, in the United States, like, 500 a month, maybe, if not less. And then they would provide, you know, maybe another member would, like, um, you know, allow the other workers to live with them for free or something like that okay so the members could live together but not so much like in the actual location of the church not in the actual location uh in the seattle branch they actually tried to do that and then do the fire code safety hazards it's like no don't do that <laughs> that happened all the time in winscog but they didn't usually care um that's, <laughs> that's interesting so they would sort of do that um what's the highest level within like a local branch would that be like a pastor like Wimscog does like a pastor, a missionary, a deacon. Does right. does the SCJ do that? So Seattle is attached to Los Angeles and the Los Angeles had like a temple. And I think to become a temple from a branch, you need at least 300 active members. Uh, Los Angeles at the time had about a thousand, but they dropped to what I've heard like mixed reports on how they dropped down to like 600 or something like that. But you know, these are just rumors. I'm not entirely sure. Cause you know how cult numbers are always kind of sketchy. You can't really trust them. Yeah. Um, so L 
so for like um for seattle it was just a branch and we uh it wasn't a church it was and we would call them instead like i think william scott calls them like zions uh-huh. we called them temples temples okay yeah. was there an actual place where you guys would have a worship so did you guys do like mm-hmm. a worship on like a sunday yeah, so Wednesday and Sundays for us were the days that we would go in and have like the mandatory services. And then who would give the sermon? Who does the sermon? We would normally tune in to Los Angeles uh, okay. through like, uh, you know, they'd have a projector, maybe through like a Zoom-like type of thing. I forgot what specific software. Would you was. ever get sermons directly from Lee Manhe? Yeah, we would. And because yeah. we were just like, uh, they would record it and then send it over and then we would watch it on like a Wednesday or a Sunday. When you would watch, would people cry? Would people get emotional hearing his voice? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Some people did. And then uh, there are times where um, the church leader of Los Angeles, so this is before me, but like he would actually visit the Seattle branch. And when we picked them up from the airport, I wasn't a part of this, but these are testimonies I heard from other members. They would scream in joy in an airport and have a bunch of signs and all this stuff too. And it was kind of like awkward. Um, and there's actually a YouTube video of Lee Man He going to LA and there's this other guy who wasn't a part of SCJ had no idea what was going on. He would just be like, okay, I know nothing about this group, but it's kind of obvious that they're brainwashed and they're basically borderline worshiping this guy. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I'll have to dig up that video for you guys, but it was just like... It's it similar. Wimscock does the same thing when people come to visit. They do like a whole party thing and they get all ready and yeah. Yep. Does the SCJ have trips to Korea where you can actually go and visit in Korea? Yeah, uh, we would actually do that. Um, because of COVID, I couldn't go to Korea, darn. Right. But um, the girl who got me in, she actually did go to Korea. And so our fulfillment happened on Guangshan, Korea. So that's where SCJ headquarters is at. Um, <clears throat> and uh, they would actually tour you around and show you their evidences of uh, their fulfillment. Would people actually meet Lee, Lee Man Hee while they were there? Uh, uh, yeah, normally, actually, yeah. Like, I do know some other people from different parts of the world who actually got to meet Lee Man He. I'm not sure if it was in Korea or if he visited the churches, but either way, you know, people wouldn't have met him, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, did you guys have, um, did you guys have, okay, so you mentioned the Passover. Did you guys have to do other feasts? Yeah, so we didn't care too much about feasts, but yes, we did have feasts. I don't remember. Were you allowed to celebrate holidays? I can't remember. Yeah, so we're not like super Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah, we are like, Uh uh, we are, we were allowed. It's just like, for example, we would acknowledge that Christmas was a pagan holiday. And we would acknowledge that, but we would just be like, eh, who cares? Like, uh, it's really the emphasis on the birth of Christ. And just, I'm not sure about Wimscog, but it was really Mm -hmm. more about Revelation and Lee Man He and his fulfillment. And it wasn't as much about Jesus. The only time Jesus was mentioned was like, okay, this is a testimony of Jesus, supposedly, and by his blood, which how we interpreted that as the word of, you know, Jesus's words, we were purchased to become kingdom priests, a kingdom and priests. So I'm trying to understand this dynamic. Would Would they encourage you to go with your family and fake it and pretend like you celebrated Christmas still, like fully? Or would they, or, or were they like the Wimscog where they say like it's it's up to you, but you should really be careful of who you're spending your time with if they're not like within this organization. It's it's more towards the Wimscog ideal. Okay. It's more just like be careful, but try to be a light to your family. But in the same breath, they'll say be a light to your family, but you know be careful. 
evil spirits are out there waiting exactly. to snatch you away. Yeah, and like yeah. Um, they don't directly say it, but they would oftentimes indirectly say things like, why are you spending time with your worldly friends Yeah. or your worldly family? And so, again, like with SCJ, and I'm sure Renscock does the same thing. I know the Jehovah's Witnesses do the same thing. They don't directly tell you to cut people off, but they'll keep you so busy or they'll make, you know, little passages of like worldly friends, worldly family, that they will indirectly encourage you to cut them off. That makes me wonder, did SCJ do a lot of busy work? Did you guys have a lot of construction projects, little things like that? Well, you guys, I know it was COVID times, so that might have been different. Yeah, uh, we did, like, everything was centered around evangelism. Um, yeah. So during uh, pre-COVID, we would, like, have a new event every week. And so we would, like, rent a place, maybe build a stage, do a play, do whatever. Um, or, like, during the COVID years, uh, we actually had, a, like, a good example. We had a lot of Instagram accounts that had no mention or reference to SUJ. I actually still have mine. Um, and uh, they would recruit through that. Right mm -hmm. now, they're also being semi-open. I say semi-open because, like, there are still a lot of reports of people being duped into their Bible studies and not being aware of who they are. Or maybe they'll say, hey, we're new heaven, new earth. Um, but when I go to, like, their website, they'll still claim, like, oh, we believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and which indirectly refers to the Trinity, which is what, you know, a normal Christian would believe. But in reality, they don't believe in the Trinity. Or they'll say, like, hey, we believe that Jesus is the son of God. Um, but it's more in reference of, like, you know, they believe that Jesus is a messenger, while a Christian would believe, oh, I hear son of God. That means you believe that Jesus is deified. So just things like that. And you really have to dig more into them in order to get to that point for them to admit this. And would you so guys for go me, oh, I'm sorry. No, go on. Would you guys go door to door preaching? Uh, we normally go to like malls, Walmarts, Mall. Targets. And, and would you go in pairs, two by two? Oh, of course. And yeah. we would normally just go up to people now. We wouldn't directly preach, though. That's the difference between us. Um, we would just say, hey, can you do like a survey? And then we're hosting this event. Can we get like an email or phone number and we'll invite you to it? Even Was that online. Successful? Right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're not as successful as you guys. Like, we only we have around 250,000 members. Um, right now, what we're doing is we're going to like poorer nations like India and the Philippines and recruiting pastors by introducing them to seminars. But I know that Wimscog also has a lot of success in the same countries. So, you know, I mean, I, I feel like SCJs is behind WMSCOG. That's what mm -hmm. it boils down to. And mm -hmm. so when I interact with other ex-World Mission Society members like Kelsey, for example, it's like, okay, I can see where SCJ is going, what the next steps are. Right. Things like that. I feel like the Unification Church started it, and then we yep. followed them, and then SCJ followed. Yeah. It's very sad. It's very sad. Actually. And funny enough about the Unification Church, uh, so Lehman, he was convicted of embezzlement, a couple million dollars, and he built a peace palace just down the street from the Unification Church Peace Palace. <laughs> and they're both called the same thing, a peace palace? I don't know what the Unification oh Church is called, gosh. but I know it's called That's the Peace Palace. It's, it's very similar, and it was just so trippy when I found that out. <laughs> wow, wow. It's those three Korean churches that are also so similar, right? Oh, there's another one called Jesus Morningstar. And I'm oh. hoping that, like, they, when we get an ex-member from that, like, uh, I hear that they also do a parable dictionary type of thing, too. Do you identify with any religion now that you're out? Yeah, um, 
Right now, I... T okay, so after I left, I took a little bit of a break. Uh, right now, I'm just re-exploring. Re-exploring yeah. Christianity and stuff. And um, I'm taking my time with it. Uh, I don't deny Christ or anything silly like that. It's more just like, okay, I got, like, spiritually burned here. <laughs> oh. I'm just gonna, like, take my sweet, delicate, delicate time with my spiritual life. And, yeah, as um, you should. Yeah. As yeah. you should. Take your time and explore. That's what I'm doing, too. Yeah. And the best thing is, like, uh, in Psalms, it talks about, like, there's a phrase called Sila. I talked about this in Great Light Studios. And the idea is just, like, take your time and reflect. Versus go, 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 go. Yeah. Day yeah. Night Which is what sure. we did for so long. And that's just not healthy. I want to ask a few other things. Um, Absolutely. Did you guys have, like, a quote-unquote uniform? Lindsay says that we dress like bankers. Did you guys dress fancy <laughs> like that? Yeah, so in service, especially, uh, we would wear, men would wear black pants and then a green tie for John Tribe, and then each tribe has its own color. Oh, yeah, I saw my green tie stored away somewhere. Um, and um, women would have to wear like a white top. Did and... women wear veils? No, we didn't wear veils. No, no veils. Mm -mm. Did you guys keep men and women separated? Yeah, we had like a dividing line and then women on the left, men on the right. That type Interesting. Of thing. Did you guys have certain songs that you sing? Like we would have yeah. new songs. Yeah, we'd have like Korean songs. Uh, so the way that we interpreted a new song was um, it's the new word of revelation. So every parable I can summarize SCJ was basically one way or the other points to their open word. One way or the other, if I just summarize things. Um, but we did sing songs in Korean. So I know a little bit of Korean. Yeah interesting times <laughs> okay so we had a thing called prayer of our wishes at the end that we had to do and it was like a korean uh, prayer did you guys have like a korean prayer too we would recite the lord's prayer but i would do it in english but it was encouraged okay. to learn korean are there kids in the group yeah there were a few kids uh yeah. you know because their parents were in it or whatever um you know, and actually Kelsey was in charge of the kids group in Women's Cog in Seattle. Uh, I, I talked to some ex-members who were also in a similar position as Kelsey, but an SEJ. Some of the stories, you know, like they would, you know, they would be blamed that the child misbehaved, them being the person in charge. And a lot of the kids like growing up with that were like, hey, why are my parents not giving me attention? And I can only imagine how much harder it is as a mother or father to be in that type of group, you know? Yeah. Did the kids sit on the side with the women when during service or were they like separated out of the main? They're separated. There's like a childcare type of thing. Okay. Did you guys have a bookstore? I, I heard in Korea that they did. Um, it's pretty hard to get access to a lot of that stuff, but uh, thankfully there are other leaders who defected and, you know, kind of okay. provided that information and stuff. See, the Wimscott kind of uses this as a source of revenue. So, you know, you, okay. you could like go to a bookstore and purchase things. Um, yeah. Did you guys have like a phrase, like we would always greet each other, God bless you, brother and sister. God bless you. God bless you. Did you guys um, have a sort of greeting that you would do? Yeah, we say like, Anashimika, Anaseyo. Uh, Ooh, what's and, that mean? Anaseyo means, like, how are I you? Forgot, like something I like that. I know. Yeah. And then we would call each other like brother and sister, but in Korean. So, Hanjanim or Jaminim. And my Korean is terrible. So, uh -huh, uh -huh. I'm me sure too. I'm butchering that. Um, and then, we, like, I would call the group leader assistant group leader like Boo Gyojinim and then the group leader is Gyojinim and then there's Boo Gyojinim and Tenjinim and all this other stuff like so we'd have the Korean titles for like instead of calling them deacon or whatever and we called Lee Menhee Sasanim or teacher. Hmm. 
How does this group make money? Because you said that tithing would be optional. Um, how do they make money? Oh, no tithing. So Mostly was, through tithing, yeah. Yeah, like the Seattle branch was pretty small and we had enough funds. Um, and we were pretty frugal, I guess, you know. Um, and in LA, you know, it'd be money from the main church. I mean, so Lee Man, he, he's beginning, he got sued a lot, right? And he went through like three rounds of court trials uh, in each one, he tried to appeal the embezzlement and the uh, like. Uh, the The ordering was that he was basically like, as long as he doesn't do anything else that's illegal, he should be good, free to go. But if he does anything else, to get thrown in jail because he's like ninety. Um, and he complained a lot, so he actually was arrested. He got thrown in jail, and then he complained a lot. And another interesting thing that kind of made another crack in you know my wake up story was that he was talking about like, even if I were to die, you need to still believe in the fulfillment. And mind you, this is the man who's supposed to be immortal. And of course, they're not going to directly say that he's immortal, because when he dies, they want to have deniability due to vague language. But it was always heavily inferred that he is immortal, because why would God and Jesus allow his final messenger to die? I will be really interested to see what happens. It reminds me of when An Song Hong died, and then there was a split, and mm -hmm. you know. The church just went, yeah, it'll be very interesting. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like with An San Hong. He said the world's supposed to end in 88, but then he died in 85. So many times they said the yeah. world was going to end, and it didn't. <laughs> it's implied that he is the last messenger, so that'll be kind of the end of the world. But it's not really like how Wimscog is like setting a date and they're working towards it. They don't really do that with this group. No, because we learn from the mistakes of all the other groups. Right, right. It is like you guys are following and like switching things up, but don't work for the other ones. And um, you're just yeah. like right behind them. It's so interesting. Yeah, like right now, the big thing, the big kahuna is, is waiting for the first resurrection and when is when they all become immortal. So what we believed is that um, the spirits of heaven is filled with martyrs and that they, the spirits, will unite with our flesh of SEJ. So, like, the SCJ member will more or less become, like, a co-host to a spiritual martyr person. And then that's when they become immortal. Yeah. So, I mean, instead of everyone getting their own resurrected body like Christ and, you know, when he was resurrected according to Christian theology, instead we have this weird co-hosted body thing. That, yeah. like, once you, like, once you as a member bear enough fruit and you, like, reach to a high enough thing or, like, the leaders, like, will become a co-hosted prophet body um so according to some older reports it used to only be 144,000, and then there's like oh, no just kidding and we're gonna have the whole shebang everybody who's an sej will become mortal um and it'll be at some obscure t future event interesting mm. psychologically if you like to leave that if you really believe that and then to like break that off of your mind yeah it was Thankfully, again, what really helped was actually just listening to your guys' sermons. <laughs> like, uh, honestly, seeing you guys do the same thing. Like, again, the doctrines are different, of course, but the way you guys approach the Bible, the way you guys did on the manipulation and coercion, it's the same. The Bible studies are so interesting. Did you guys have little Bible study rooms that you would go in and close the door and people would bring you little waters while you while you do your little study? Uh, no, not really. Like, um, it was decentralized to the point of, like, we actually did go into center class and then we actually did have like trainings and all that sort of stuff. Um, but those are at allocated times. Okay. Yeah. And I would study normally on my own because. Yeah. So see, we know. would have like individual Bible studies because we had different studies that 
people would do, you know? Okay. Um, yeah, like a viewer encouraged to become a teacher. Yeah. And now is doing the teacher trainings. So like uh, to give you like an insight of like what my schedule is like. So yeah. Monday and Tuesday were center classes of where I was sitting in as a spy for two different groups. And uh, Wednesday was a mandatory service. So Wednesday and Sundays were mandatory. If you missed four unexcused, you actually could have a chance of getting thrown out. And then Thursday and Friday were the second uh, corresponding days of the center classes. Saturday had Saturday morning training, and normally we would do like a last minute event. So you're always kept on your toes. And then Sunday would be uh, the service. Sometimes they'll test at you. It was every other week. And so, like, I remember uh, Monday at work, I would just show up to work burned out because I never really had a chance to just rest. Wow, yeah. a lot of sleep deprivation and keeping you moving and controlling your time and energy. Mm -hmm. And so for, like, helping people out and stuff, uh, I call it the pebble in the shoe theory. What my roommates did, they just politely reminded me, hey, you're spending a lot of time with this group. And then I would just kind of, like be slowly but surely start thinking for myself of like, wait, this doesn't make sense. And over time, that's when I finally had the courage to leave. Right, I think that is why this is a little different than Wimscog because I feel like they would have a really big problem with you having roommates outside of the group. Right. And, and for this exact reason, like they're able to slowly like say those little comments to you. And so the Wimscog, I think, goes a little bit more intensely at uh, trying to separate you from just those where they're like, why don't you live with a church member? Like, that's probably why they that a lot more. Yeah. And, you know, like um, over time, of course, they would encourage you. You know, I mean, yeah, I do think that one's cog. They, you know, you had to physically be in your building like Saturday and Sunday, right? Like we would also be there physically as well. Um, but normally what SCJ would do would also be like, okay, hey, we would encourage you to be friends. We're in your spiritual family. They are outsiders, you know. They okay. won't directly tell you to cut them off, but over time they will, you know. Yeah, that's true. And if you had stayed in longer, I'm sure eventually you would have probably thought that you wanted to not live with roommates outside. You would have been like, I only want to be around these people. Yeah, I was already well on my way with that. Like, uh, I just felt like with my own roommates – I didn't have much in common with them at one point because all I did was church stuff, right? People always ask, how can I get my family member out of here? And it sounds like your mm -hmm. roommates your roommates really helped you out by just sort of telling you little by little, not judging you. It sounds right. like they were not judgmental at all. They were just mm -hmm. sort of like, hey, Chris, what's up? Why are you spending so much time over there? Yeah, that's exactly it. And um, I uh, like... Uh, Hopefully you guys have the URLs and stuff too. I'll send you all the information. On, uh, I would also recommend, you know, Stephen Sons' uh, mind, Battling Mind Control book, because then as an outsider, you have somewhat of a frame of understanding what this person went through, right? Or, you know, and then of course doing research on the group helps too, and then you can kind of slowly introduce like, did Lee Man he really get his teachings from an angel, or was it from the previous groups that he was in? Right, yeah, because if you look at his background, it's it's pretty easy historically to look back and be like, oh, of course he eventually decided to become the own master of his own cult because he's sort of been going down that path since the 50s, 40s. Yeah, like he joined the Olive Tree, I think, in like 
yeah, uh, let me go ahead and double-check, actually, when he joined. I can't remember off the top of my mind. I think, like, from 57 to 67, he's in the Olive Tree. And yeah. If you look at the teachings of the Olive Tree, it talks about the one who overcomes, the hidden manna. Uh, Lee Man, he also claims to be one of the two witnesses in the Olive Tree, right? And that's got it from the Olive Tree. <laughs> you know, what a surprise, you know? So it's we had a like... study. We had a hidden manna study. We nice. had a book of life study. Mm-hmm. We had, um, what other one did you just say? Book of life. Let's see here. Hidden the... manna. Hidden manna. Um, olive tree. Do you guys have anything for Revelation 11 and the olive tree, the two witnesses, or no? Uh, okay, so everybody would ask about that because everybody would be like, oh, the two witnesses, that's father and mother. And then everybody, you know, they would always have like question and answer. People would ask about that, but they would say it was the Old and the New Testament. Oh, okay, That's what their explanation of it was, which was crazy. Anyway, right. what was the SCJ's explanation? So um, the fulfillment SCJ, to give you some background, uh, there's this uh, random cult named the Tabernacle Temple. And uh, it was Lee Man He and the co-founder who later betrayed, Mr. Hong. They were the two witnesses speaking out against the corruption of the Tabernacle Temple. Wow. Yeah, and uh, even that story is pretty obscured and um, not fully accurate. And there's like a mountain of evidence against this in Korean. And there's, yeah, I mean, that website, Examining SCJ, very similar to Examining the WMSCOG. There's a lot of work to be done, I'm sure. But like, yeah, I mean, just one day at a time. (laughs) You guys, check out the website, Examining SCJ. Uh, we'll we'll put the link down at the bottom of our notes so everybody can check it out. And um, it has a lot of thorough information about the leader of this group and about their teachings and the um, the lies of the history of the teachings. So everybody go check it out. You're a cult survivor. And so this is going to be a lifelong healing journey for you. What what right. um, what does your life look like now as a survivor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the girl who I met didn't work out however mm-hmm. i mean i would just say i have more peace because i no longer have to lie and i no longer have to pretend to be something or i don't have to walk on eggshells to uh not say too much about my group i've also read revelations before and probably not constantly studying like that hor- like horrifying text all the time would probably be a lot more uh, relaxing of a lifestyle as well. Oh my god, that yeah. is so much anxiety, reading Revelation and studying it nonstop every single right. day. I mean, SCJ had a more positive spin on it, I have to admit, versus WMSCOG of World War III. Did but you guys talk about World War III? I was wondering about that. Did you talk about yeah. disasters and stuff like that? No, we, we don't care about that. With the way but we you're interpret studying that, Revelation. Yeah, everything's spiritual. What do they Every- think will happen to the earth? So what we believe is that the heaven and earth, there's like four heavens and four earths. And so okay. we make reference to like a church. And so the reason why it's called new heaven, new earth is that we believe that we're the new heaven. Because what they taught is like the, the God would go through a cycle of betrayal, destruction, salvation. He got this from Box Recreation Sect. Betrayal, destruction, salvation throughout the Bible and pick a new promised pastor to lead his people. So Lehman, he is the new and final promised pastor of Revelation. And his church is the new heaven, new earth, where salvation is at. Wow. Yeah. So that's the way that we interpreted it. And uh, there's a lot of times where we kind of like definitely read into the text. 
Like, um, actually, one of the favorite things I really wanted to point out, because I know World Mission Society talks about this too, yep. the symbol of the cloud. Mm. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, talks about Jesus being hidden from a cloud when he rises. I know you guys teach that it's, um, you know, flesh, that Jesus mm-hmm. will return to flesh. We teach that instead the cloud represents the, let me go ahead and say, um, the symbol of the spiritual invisible world. And that shows that Jesus will return in spirit to our final messenger. And to justify that, we would quote like how God spoke to Jesus through a cloud in like Matthew 3.16 and Jesus being hidden away in a cloud. And then I know you guys would say like, well, Jude 1.12, great cloud of witnesses referring to people or Hebrews 12.1. And uh, on that examining uh, SCJ site or examining the SCJ site, it goes through some of the parables being like, okay, this is what SCJ says. And here's WMSCOG contradicting what SCJ is saying. Wow. So <laughs> interesting. And they're both thriving. Yeah. And going off on their own little directions of their, of their um, doctrines mm-hmm. coming from the same exact verses. Right. Philosophically, how do you feel about the Bible? Like after studying it? So I enjoy <laughs> reading and I enjoy studying this sort of stuff, but I'm definitely a little bit more more concerned and I'm definitely more careful me too this is kind of why for my opinion knowing like uh I do respect the Greek the people who study the Greek like Dr. James White he's a prominent Christian apologist and he actually goes into detail of the Greek nuances because uh when it's translated to English like Greek has more precision and so you know like when you read a passage it doesn't sound it, it may not appear to be like talking about the uh, triune nature of god for example right but if you actually go into greek it's like no 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 there's no denying that john thought that jesus was god it's that level of intensity so you know but no i agree though like i mean i'm still even with him i'm still like you know i'm skeptical and that's why i'm taking my time and then um yeah it is interesting to see how like and this is basic literature 101 it's easy to read into the text but you can make the Great Gatsby say whatever you wanted to say if you're going to do it with the way that both our groups kind of approach the Bible. And it's really scary when you add extremism and sometimes um, even politics get involved with the Bible verses. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have these extreme radical, Christian you know, nationalists. right. Yeah, they're That's- scary. Yeah, very scary. And also you have an extreme group of the Unification Church that is hoarding up all those weapons. Did you Have you heard about them? I think they're in Texas. Yeah, Providence. And then are they in Texas? Oh, they're in uh, Pennsylvania. But regardless, yeah, Providence Church, right? Which is like the son of right. Sung, the, whatever his name is. Exactly. You know, and, you know, he thinks that the iron rods are AR-15s. Right, right. And I'm just like, oh boy, Civil War America. Right. Yeah. All started, you know, we're trying to get on a, a former member of the Unification Church because, you know, mm-hmm. it's just so interesting. Yeah, that'd be fun. My my dream would be like a panel of, you know, XSCJ, mm-hmm. Royal Mission Society, Unification Church, JMS, and we all just like, yes. okay, let's compare notes. Yes, <laughs> yes. I think that would be fascinating. Like, um, I guess uh, for healing and stuff too, definitely reach out to a psychiatrist or like a therapist if you can afford it. Uh, there's a video on YouTube by Faith Yen. She's an ex-Mooney. She was also from Seattle, funny enough, so go Seattle. Um, and she, her video also really helped. And she What's talks her name? About Faith what? Faith Yen. Yen, so Y-E-N? Actually, yep. She was actually okay. born into the group, and she's the blessed generation or whatever. 
other things too. Uh, there's a uh, subreddit of ex Shinchenji members, r slash Shinchenji. I'll send you that link. That's pretty helpful. Um, you know, people are hurting, and some of the comments sometimes may be from left field. However, there is still a lot of useful information on that subreddit. And, you know, it's nice to have that community. I was so excited to talk to you because I really wanted to see what it was like in there. I want to see, like, mm -hmm. were you guys eating together? And, you know, like that feeling of that community is so deep right. when you're in there. And then when you leave it, you really do miss it. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people sometimes, you know, they go back. So um, having a community is so important. So I hope all the survivors would go and seek, seek the community. Yeah, like, um, thankfully I didn't, I saw family and friends who cared about me. I can only imagine how much harder it would have been leaving by myself. Um, just like, uh, take your time and heal. That's just it. And to do the healing, like, uh, if you seek out professional help, reflect on it and, uh, just talking about it is also really helpful. <laughs> you know, like us ex-culties got to stick together. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Um, and definitely, like, I'd be down to jump on more podcasts and, like, talk about this stuff, too. I would like, love for you to join us. You know, Lee Man, he is very old. And when he dies, I would love for you to come on and we can reflect on what happens, you know, and, and how they're yeah. handling the situation and, and the direction that the church is going. Yeah, there's so many directions that it can go. And it's just like, they can say, oh, well, there's a new Joshua because you know Moses led you out of captivity from Egypt and now Joshua is blowing the seventh trumpet there's so many different ways of like because they refer to Lee Man He as the one who blows the seventh trumpet that okay. type of thing yeah so that's a concept. so it's almost like they've set up the doctrine so you know he's not supposed to die but if he does <laughs> you know there's something to back it up to, right. to do another thing yeah and the wow. fact that they never directly said that he's immortal, they just heavily imply it with multiple teachings. They are, uh, you know, so then they can gaslight you and be like, oh, well, it's you. You misunderstood. Right. It's like, no. That's, exactly. No. <laughs> maybe after he dies, maybe his wife will come out and then you guys, and then the SCJ will have a, uh, a mother god. You never know. Oh, my There's goodness. still time. Oh, no, 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 no. Because that's oh, what happened no, with Ahn Sung Hong. No. You know, Ahn Sung Hong, he spent his whole time preaching with no talk of mother, mm. which is why everybody now is like, wait a second. If you really believe he's Christ, why didn't he ever talk about a mother God? But then after he died is when mother came out, you know, and proclaimed that she was mother. So you never know. There's still time. I, I really hope not, man. <laughs> I know. It is sad. I mean, I joke, oh, but it's, no. it is sad. Like you said, people are, are struggling. And, you know, we just hope that this education and that our stories and our crazy life experience can be of some value. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again for having me on. Yeah. Okay. If anybody has any questions that they want us to ask Chris for either a follow-up interview or just to ask him and then we can give updates as we go on through the season, send us an email playing in traffic 2012 at gmail.com. Or is Chris, is there a way that you would like them to contact you or is Yeah. I'll go ahead and send you the information and all that stuff too. And okay. then you can just like post it on the bottom. That'd be, that'd be pretty good. That's it. Never mind. Send it to Chris. We'll put his contact at <laughs> the bottom of the show notes. <laughs> Let's just assume that SCJ finally becomes open. 
they've been around for 40 years. They've been lying and doing a lot of these sets of tricks for 40 years. So, and in the last three years, we've seen plenty of doctrine changes, especially around Revelation 7, especially a lot of failed prophecies. So they try to kind of change the text, change the doctrine, change all these things. And we have evidence from 1985 showing that the fulfillment and the reality of certain entities like the beasts of the earth were changed. So if they're willing to lie to you now, how do you know that they're not lying to you in the future? It's just, this is just pure logic. So hopefully, you know, that'll at least spark some debate or discussion. Maybe, maybe not. Boom, baby. And Lindsay had a few questions. Yeah. Oh, I'm not allowed. This is the Tony show, <laughs> not the Lindsay show. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, come on. I keep raising my hand. You're just bullying. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm just so interested. Okay, okay. Yeah. What do you think, Lindsay? Do you How have you? anything else? How are you doing now? Oh, I'm doing great. I can keep going if you guys want. She, I think she means in your life. Like, so you oh. got out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's like, I'm good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs>